22-year-old Wesley C. French had sold his pickup truck. And he decided that he didn't want to sell his pickup truck and he wanted it back. Don't know how many of you have ever had that experience. Maybe you've sold something and had regrets and wanted it back. Perhaps you came up with a way to get it back. Well, Wesley and his friends did just that. Came up with a way to get his pickup truck back. They decided to mug the guy that they had sold it to. That's exactly what they did. They found the guy, tracked him down, mugged him, beat him with a two-by-four, took the truck back. But they had a plan to get away. They took their green Nissan 240SX and took out cans of black spray paint and they painted the truck black and they were able to elude police for five hours without getting caught. Eventually, as they traveled through northern Washington, they were spotted fairly easily because even though they painted the truck black, they never changed the North Dakota license plate that was on it. Police found him, tracked him down, arrested him, sentenced him, uh, Wesley and his friends, to a year in prison where one news uh, commentator said he'd perhaps be making license plates now as a reminder of his mistake. Talking this morning about transformation, not of automobiles, but of people. But I tell that story because I think it's a good reminder of something, and that is this. When we talk about transformation, sometimes we think of, or sometimes what happens is we just throw a coat of paint on something. Sometimes when we talk about transformation, even whether it's of people or or, or things in our lives, it's just throwing a coat of paint on something, but we're still wearing the same license plate. We still have the same identity. You know, talking about this, these words, be transformed, those of us who are Christians, those of us who follow Jesus, I think one of the things that we expect is that there will be a change in our lives, that there will be some kind of transformation that takes place, right? You expect to be different. Don't expect to come to church every week and sit in these seats or follow Jesus for a lifetime and be the same person. We expect to be changed. In fact, even if you don't follow Christ, you would expect that someone who says they're a Christian, they would be different. And you know this, right? Because if you're a Christian and you go to work and you do something, one of your co-workers might say to you, hey, I thought you were a Christian. Hey, I thought you go to church. What are you doing, doing, or talking, or watching, or... Why? Because they expect that there will be some kind of change or transformation that has taken place in your life. But here's the reality. Here's what happens. I think some of us, at times, will follow Jesus for a long time, and we get frustrated that more transformation hasn't taken place. That we look at our lives and and we think, why isn't there more change? Why isn't there more transformation that has taken place in my life? There's a verse in the Bible that says, he who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. And that's a great verse, but so many of us, I think sometimes after years of following Jesus, still feel like, when is the new coming? I see a lot of old still in our lives. 
I want to see that new creation. Where's the transformation taking place? In our repurposed series in the first couple verses of Romans, we've been looking at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And let me read those for you this morning and see where Paul talks about transformation. Paul says this, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we're going to focus this morning on that one part of this verse that says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That talks about this aspect that as Christians, whatever else is true of us, whatever else you might say should be true of a Christian, what ought to be true is that transformation in life should have taken place or should take place, that you and I should be different people from knowing Jesus. But the truth is, many times we'll go through life and we'll wonder, where's the transformation? Why isn't there more transformation that we see? How, really this morning is where I talk about how are we to be transformed? Because I can stand up here all morning and say, be transformed. And maybe eventually you say, yes, I agree. How should we be transformed? talk about three things this morning real quickly actually this morning because I want to leave some time at the end for prayer as Pastor Marvin mentioned earlier. So I want to talk about three things this morning from this verse when it talks about being transformed by the renewal of your mind. Three things, three ways that we are to embrace when it comes to transformation in our lives. Three things that we have to hold on to if we're really going to be transformed. Three principles that are important if you and I are really going to change and be transformed in our lives. Because the truth is, you're sitting here and I'm here, and many times we've tried really hard to change things in our lives. If you are looking at your life and seeing, you know, I'd like to see some more transformation, I'm going to guess that it's not from lack of trying. Because I think all of us can see things in our lives and we say, I want that changed. And we try really hard to change it and it's still not changed. So here's three keys for transformation in our lives when it comes to being transformed in God. And the first one is this. When it comes to change, it's all in your head. When it comes to transformation, it's all in your head. Paul says, be transformed by the renewal of your, say it with me, mind transformed by the renewal of your mind. He doesn't say transformed by your actions. He says the way you think, what you do, your mind, your seat of moral judgment, those things in your life where you make decisions, that place, that thought process, if you're going to be changed, if your life is going to be transformed, the first thing is you need to have a renewal of your mind. You know, have a renewal of the way that you think because your mind, like a rudder on a ship, will determine the direction of your life. Your thoughts, you know this and I know this, determine our actions. Advertisers know this. College professors know this. Political parties know this. If they can determine the way that you think, they can determine the way that you'll act. Before all of them knew it, God knew it. 
That if you're going to have a transformed life, you're going to have to start with a transformed mind. Because all of our minds, like all of our life, have been affected by sin and the fall. The way that I think and what I think about is affected by that in my life. To be transformed is not an outside-in process, it's an inside-out process. Last week we said, do not be conformed to this world or the patterns of this world or the schemes of this world. And that's a great place to start. But it's not just the do not, it's the be transformed by the renewal of our mind that we also need to embrace. What do you set your mind upon? There are other scriptures that talk about this importance of what we think about. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I don't think the order is an accident. Think and then practice. Think about these things that are lovely and good and commendable and excellent, and then practice what you have seen. Change the way you're thinking. Change the things you're focused on. Change the things your mind is set upon. And then your life begins to be transformed. Paul talked about this elsewhere in Romans chapter 8. He's already spoken to this aspect of transformation. Romans 8, he said, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Why am I living like this? Why do I keep having these problems? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Why am I constantly struggling with this? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Transformation starts in your mind. It's in your head. It's changing the way that you and I think. Your thinking will change your actions. Now, how do you do that? We're going to talk about that in a minute. But it's true that transformation... If it never takes place in your mind, it's only going to be behavior modification and it's not going to be transformation. If it, if it only takes place in the outward actions, if it only takes place in the stuff that people see, if it only takes place in your Facebook posts, but not in your heart and in your life, then it's simply behavior modification and not real transformation. Transformation starts by the renewal of your mind and how you think. Because how you think will change how you live. I was thinking of an example of that this morning and I uh, a man in our church that I asked if I could share this example from his life and he gave me permission to do that. He had an opportunity for a a job that had come up and he was at a job, had a good job, but another opportunity came up for a job that was a better job. Well, better in some ways. Better paying job, more, more influence, more power. A lot of people would look at it and say, this is a better job. This is a better situation, of course. And many Christians would say, well, this is God's will for your life because it's better. Because it's better. And so he took the job. 
And then he went to his community group one week and he talked about the job and the situation and, the, and, and, and what it would involve and everything. And they were doing a community group study actually that night or as a part of their study on, on uh, your values in your life. And one of the statements that was made as a part of that study is upward mobility is not always God's will for your life. Change in thinking. Because in this world, if I'm to be uh, often embrace the thinking of this world, upward mobility is always the right thing, the right move. And if I'm going to Christianize that, upward mobility is always God's will. But this man began to rethink. Rethink this situation, rethink his family, rethink his priorities and what God had called him to. And through the renewal of thinking came to the decision of saying, this is not, I made the wrong decision. This is not God's will for my life. Had to go back, quit that job, and go back and ask for his other job back because that was God's plan for his life. But how does it take place? When we allow our minds and our thought processes to not be conformed to necessarily the schemes of the world that we live in, But to say, God, would you renew my mind and my thinking? Help me to think your thoughts after you. So transformation first starts in your head. Uh, That's the first point we need to understand. The first thing to remember when it comes to experiencing true transformation, it's all in your head. It begins with your mind. But the second thing is this. The second thing is there are, there is no overnight transformation. There are no overnight transformation success stories. There are no overnight transformation success stories. I must confess when Pastor Marvin uh, asked that question at the beginning of the service, I didn't have to raise my hand because I didn't buy it off HSN. But I have bought things off TV. (laughs) You can tell by just by looking at me, I'm sure that I purchased the ab roller. (laughs) And you can see the results of that right here, the Abro, I purchased that Abro. It was great. It, it was an excellent paperweight in my garage <laughs> because I think I tried it twice. Uh, I, more recently, I, I, I purchased Odd TV. I purchased a vacuum off TV. I'm not proud of this. Just did it. Just did. Pur- I, I got pressured him. Purchased a vacuum because this purchase of this vacuum is mean I will have no dust in my house. And I saw these people smiling as they were cleaning. <laughs> and I thought, this is going to be a joy. I'm going to clean my house and under appliances and ceiling fans, all the attachments that come with it. My house is going to be so clean. I haven't got it yet in the mail. It has not yet come yet. But when it comes, my life is going to be transformed. So I'll let you know how that one goes. But there are no overnight transformation, is there? Uh, You want a different body, you're going to have to work for it. You want a clean house, I'm guessing that vacuum's not going to run itself. There's no overnight transformation. The truth is it takes work, right? And it takes time. I was reminded of the story. I've told this one before, but it's, it's so fitting on a point like this. Uh, uh, example of not having this instant transformation, right? The story of this older rural couple that comes to the city for the first time. 
They come to the city for the first time, never been to the city in their life, but they finally come, this husband and wife, and they bring their son, and they go to a shopping mall, never been to a mall in their life, and the father and the son go into the mall, and they come up to an elevator, and they have no idea what this is. Two doors, all they see is they open, they close, there's a little room in there, and they don't know what to do with it. They're standing there and suddenly an older lady hunched over comes in, walks in those two little doors. They see her go in the little room. The doors close behind her and they don't know what happens. But a few minutes later, the doors open up again and this beautiful young woman walks out. And the father, without looking up, says, son, go get your mother. There is no transformation like that is there. No instant transformation. Doesn't happen in our lives. Doesn't happen in our bodies. Doesn't matter what they sell us on TV. It just doesn't happen that way. It's true in our spiritual lives too. The word transformation, you know the Greek for this word, even if you don't know you know the Greek for this word, comes from the word metamorpho. And we get our word metamorphosis from it, right? Metamorphosis, be transformed. And here's the interesting thing about that word. Metamorphosis, transformation, it's a process, not a product, right? Metamorphosis is not the name for any singular state, right? There's a caterpillar, there's the cocoon, there's the butterfly. Each state has its name, but the process of how one goes from the caterpillar to the butterfly is called metamorphosis. And it's the same thing with this word transformed. It's a process, not a product. And that's what Paul is saying. And the other thing about this word that's, that's interesting that doesn't necessarily come across in our English translations is it's a present tense verb. And in Greek, what a present tense verb is, it means it's an ongoing process. It doesn't just happen. It is happening. And so transformation is not something that happens once in your life, overnight, happens and it's done and now I move on. Transformation is a process that starts and continues and for the Christian it continues through your whole life, this side of heaven and I believe even in heaven we will continue to grow and be made more like the God that we serve. It's a process not a product. And so we get confused when we look at our lives and say, why why haven't I arrived? Because you're in process, and so am I. And so is the person beside you. And so is the person you're frustrated with. And so is your spouse. And so are your kids. We are in the transformation process. And you say, but wait a second, I thought Christianity was all about that instant change. I thought Christianity was all about going from darkness to light, going from sinner to saint in that moment. Doesn't it happen that way? What about Saul? Gets knocked off his horse and then becomes Paul, instantly saved. And I would say, yes, salvation happens in an instant, but transformation takes place over a lifetime. Salvation happens in an instant. You cry out to God, God save me, and it happens in an instant. Transformation is a lifelong process. 
In that moment of salvation, God may deliver you from desires. God may deliver you from addiction. God may deliver you from something in your life that you don't want there, that he doesn't want there. It may happen that way, but transformation will be a lifelong, ongoing process. We think about Saul to Paul. Many things, many times we forget that after Saul, and this story is in the book of Acts, chapter 9, if you want to read through it, after Saul was saved, he was knocked off, literally knocked off his high horse by God, saved, he said, you know, decided that he was going to follow Jesus as Lord. What we forget is there was about 10 to a dozen years after that that we don't hear from Saul, Paul. We don't hear from him. He was in relative obscurity for about a dozen years until a guy named Barnabas goes and gets him. What was happening during that time? In that time, Paul was being transformed, sanctified. Not only was the world being prepared for Paul, this great church planter, but Paul was being prepared by God for the work that he had for him. It wasn't just in this instance, Saul becomes Paul and then becomes the greatest church planter the world had ever seen. It's about a dozen years there that he prepared for what God had for him because transformation is a process, not a product. And so it's the same in your life. Transformation is a process and not a product. You ought to look for it. You ought to expect it. But you also ought to know that it's going to take place over time. Transformation is a process that takes place over time, and we ought to look for that in our lives. Uh, there are no overnight success stories when it comes to transformation of our bodies, transformation of, our, of other things in our life, and it's true of our spiritual lives as well. Finally, we must remember it's all in our heads. Second, we should keep in mind that it doesn't happen overnight. But the third part of transformation is this. The power to transform is inside of you, but it's not you. Power to transform is inside of you. And if I stopped there in that statement, you might as well go read any self-help book or listen to any uh, guru out there because that's where the sentence would stop. The power to transform is inside of you, but the rest of that sentence is even more important. It's not you. The power to transform your life is not you. The power to transform your life is God's Holy Spirit living within you. See, here's, here's the rub. Here's where it comes down to we in all of our trying to transform and change our lives, what we neglect is God is really the one that does the transforming. God is really the one that does the changing. Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Not he who began a good work in you now will trust you to complete it. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. God is the one that does the transforming work. And one of the ways we know this, Paul doesn't tell us a lot about that in this particular passage. He just gives us this quick sentence, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. But the only other place in Paul's writing, the only other place that Paul uses this word renewal is in the, his letter to Titus. 
And in that scripture, he uses the word very clearly, says this, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal, it's the only other time that Paul uses this word renewal, of the Holy Spirit. Not our renewal, not our work, not our effort, the renewal of the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, this is the reality. When you come to God, when you come to Christ, he doesn't just save you. What he does, the scriptures say, he comes to dwell in you. He comes to change your life. He not only calls you to live a life for him, this is the exciting part, he gives you the power to live that life for him by putting his Holy Spirit within you by giving his Holy Spirit to you as the power to do the work he's called you to so that you might be transformed. So that not only does your behavior change, but your life changes. See, it looks like this. For someone outside of Christianity, and maybe that's you, someone outside of Christianity, you might look at someone who follows Christ or maybe... One of, uh, for someone who's not a Christian, one of their friends becomes a Christian and they think, oh, you're a Christian now. Well, you can't do that with us anymore. Well, I know, you can't. You, oh, you'd like to come, but you, you can't. Oh, okay, we understand. I don't know what this is. You can fill in the blank in your life and in your sphere of influence. You can't do that anymore because your religion won't let you. Maybe it starts out that way, but let me tell you what happens, what transformation looks like. Transformation looks like this. You get to the point and you say, you know what? I don't really want to. There's a desire change. That's where you know transformation has taken place. There's kind of a scale that says, I come to Christ and I know I can't, I know I shouldn't. And, and then eventually, as transformation takes place in your life, you realize, you look back and you say, I don't even want to do that anymore. In fact, you get to the point at one point and you say, I can't even understand why I wanted to do that at one point. That is transformation. But too many of us will stop back here and settle for, yeah, I can't, I shouldn't, I won't. But God doesn't want to stop you there. The process of transformation can bring you back and can change you to such a point where you are so renewed of all of a sudden you say, I don't even desire that anymore. I can think of places in my life where my desires have been changed. Maybe you can in your life too. I remember when my son was born, and the first child, and holding him in my arms minutes after he was born. And I remember distinctly in that moment that I didn't want to be or do anything else in that moment. That in that instant, my perspective and my priorities changed. That things that were important to me before suddenly weren't that important. That somewhere my desires, not that I can't, I don't really want to. My desire had changed and that's what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. Change your desires. Change your desires. 
places in your life you can probably think of too that you used to think, maybe you can look back in high school and you say, man, I, really, I lived for that back then. But I don't even really, that doesn't even interest me anymore. Those things in your life that hang you up, those places you want transformation, don't settle for just behavior modification. Continue to trust God for life transformation. See, what we really need, what we really need is a hard reset in our lives. Right? A lot of you have electronic devices, and you know what I mean by a hard reset, right? Certain, certain devices, when they get, you know, it starts slowing down and something, something starts clogging up. It's not working the way that it was supposed to. Usually you can do a soft reset somehow. You know, you hold a couple buttons down at the same time and it's going to do a soft reset. If you've got an apple, you hold those couple buttons down and, you know, the little white apple shows up and the little line starts going across because you're doing, you're doing this soft reset. It retains all your data, retains all your stuff, but kind of just clog, you know, clears the head a little bit, right? But then at times, most devices, and they don't make it easy, but there's a way that you can do a hard reset and restore it to its factory settings. And you can clear everything out, and it'll ask you five times, do you really want to do this? Or whatever. It'll ask you to make sure that you actually want to do this. And in many of our lives, when it comes to transformation, I think we settle for the soft reset, but what God really needs to do in our lives is a hard reset. Not just clear up some of the junk, but the truth is we've been infected by a virus, and we need that cleared out by God. That we've been, yeah, we've been slowed down by all kinds of distracting things. We've crushed too much candy. We've taken too many pictures. We've got so many videos and images and all this stuff clogging us up. But there's also a virus there that God says, you need a hard reset. You need to be restored back to factory settings. That's a little bit what Paul's talking about here by the renewal of a mind being transformed. Not just changing a little bit, not just a realignment, but you need to be restored back to your factory settings the way God has created you. You need to be taken back. And I can't do that on my own. I need the creator of life to come within me and cleanse me and do that in my life. Can't do it on my own. It's something I need God to happen. It's ongoing, and it's something that God does. Last illustration of this this morning, we called the sermon this morning auto-renewal. Everyone knows what an auto-renewal is, right? You have those auto-renewals in your life where you say, oh, you just sign up, just a certain amount per month, but don't worry, it's going to renew every month for you. You don't have to worry about it. It'll renew every month and you don't have to do anything. And it's just, you know, it'll just, you'll be set because it's going to auto-renew for you. Now, of course, if you want to cancel it, you can call up and, and cancel at any time. But it's auto-renewal. I think these words that Paul has given us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, are kind of like an auto-renewal because it's ongoing And there is a bit of a passive nature to it. In other words, we don't do the work. The work is done on our behalf. It's ongoing. 
Something that continues. We need to be continually renewed in our mind. And it's something the Lord does. And as long as you and I don't call up and cancel, he's going to continue the work. But here's what I'm afraid happens in some of our lives. We make that call. And we say, God, just want to cancel my subscription to transformation. Appreciate everything you've done so far. I'm a better person. I'm nicer. People seem to like me. I've got a good friends. I've got a good life right now. Um, I'm good. No more transformation. You can stop sending transformation. Now, it doesn't sound like, it doesn't look like, it's not really a phone call, but what it really looks like is God's Holy Spirit coming to us and speaking and says, you know, I'd like you to sacrifice that in your life right now. Oh, I'm good on transformation, God. No, 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 no. You, you probably haven't seen me right lately. I'm, I'm doing good. No, I'd like you to go talk to that person and share with them about Jesus. I'd like you to go pray for that person. No, I cancel my subscription to transformation. I'm good. See, that's probably more what it looks like on a daily basis. Because if we don't do that, and if we submit ourselves to the process, God is committed to continually renewing us in our lives. But we've got to put ourselves in a position where we are listening to God's Holy Spirit and allowing him to work in our lives. We're in his word and we're listening to the Holy Spirit that's active in our lives. We put ourselves in a position to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And so that's my question to you this morning. Have you submitted to the process of transformation? Or have you perhaps opted out of the auto-renewal that God wants to continue to do in your life? I'm going to ask our worship team, music ministry to return. And we're going to, as we close out this service, we get a few minutes. And I wanted to intentionally leave a few minutes here for you to spend some time allowing God to transform you and to ask God to do the transforming work in your life. To be honest, when we sat down and looked at this passage in our um, sermon planning meeting, we sit down with our team every week and we all look at the message and we talk about the passage and of what's coming up. And I, we, we kept coming to this passage because we look at it several weeks ahead of time. And we kept coming to this passage and I kept kind of banging my head against the wall and, and saying, what are we asking people to do? Because I always want to give practical application. I always want to give a practical step to take with you. I always want to call you to something. I believe the word of God calls us to take practical steps. And I came to this passage. What, Paul, are you asking us to do? And we couldn't come up with an answer. And I think the reason we couldn't come up with an answer is because God is not calling us to do the work of transformation. He's calling us to trust him and allow him to do the work of transformation in our lives. And so we said, well, we need to leave some time for God to do what God does, for God to speak to your heart, for God to speak to where you are, for God, the Holy Spirit, 
who dwells in you, man of God, who dwells in you, woman of God, for God the Holy Spirit to convict you, maybe in your life, my life, to say, you know what? In this place, I'm wanting to transform you, but you've kind of pulled out of the process. I'm wanting you to say yes, but you keep saying wait or no. I'm wanting to stretch you in this way. I'm wanting to renew this aspect of you, but you keep pushing me away. Maybe you've withdrawn from the process. Or maybe it just looks like you're so busy that you haven't taken time just to spend in God's presence and allow him to speak to you. That you have time for everyone else in your day. But you never take time to listen to the voice of God speak to you and transform you. Speak to the thoughts in your mind and heart. Because I'm real good at trying to identify the things in my life that I think should change. But when I sit in God's presence and he identifies something, I said, oh, I wasn't thinking of that God. I'd rather work on this thing over here because it's easier for me. And, and, I, and I think we can deal with this one. When I sit in God's presence, he says, you know what? You're not even paying attention over here. And here's what I want you to do here. Here's what I want you to let go of. Here's what I want you to sacrifice. Here's what I want you to embrace. Here's what loving me and living as a living sacrifice looks like. So I've said enough. It's time for God's spirit to speak to you, to me. I'm going to ask you to stand. Our elders, their wives, some of our pastors be up here to pray with you. I've left this part at the end of the service. Left this part to pray. Maybe you want to come up and pray with one of these couples. And maybe there's something in your life where you say, you know what? There's a work of transformation God wants to do and I need you to pray that God would do it in my life. Or maybe there's some other need or request that you want someone to pray for you. These couples are here because they want to pray for you. They not only pray for you on Sundays, they will pray for you and take your request during the week and they will pray over it. And so maybe you want to come up and pray with someone this morning and they're here to do that. Or maybe you just want to come and kneel before the altar and before God and spend time in God's presence and just say, God, would you do a work of transformation in my life? God, there's this aspect of my life that I want to see transformed and I've been trying in my own strength and I've been trying in my own effort and it hasn't happened. God, this morning I want to submit once again to the process of you being the transformer. Regardless of whether you stand where you are, kneel here, pray with someone, let's all renew our commitment to allowing God to change us and transform our lives. Father, we come before you today. We need you. We said that at the beginning of the service, and we say it now. We need you, Lord. We need you. We don't have the strength, and the truth is, We can fool ourselves real easy into thinking authentic transformation has happened. Lord, would you this morning speak to us, transform us, renew our minds. Let your Holy Spirit move and work in Jesus' name.